0: In these Car Firearms Group studios, I am Mark Walters on the Sig Sauer Platinum mic for you. All of it presented to you today and every day by X-Insurance. And, of course, you are on the Armed American Radio Network. Hundreds of radio stations around the nation as we fill your prescription for freedom. Greg over in Dallas, Texas, how are you, my brother, from another mother? I am doing pretty good. Would you please alert people to where they can
3: watch this program at high definition, please? I sure can. Head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. And uh, in the top right-hand corner, you're going to see three little hash marks. Just give those a slap, and when that window opens up, select that Watch Live option. If you're doing something important, like driving. We don't want you watching and driving at the same time, so click the link above. That's our Listen Live link. And when you do that, you'll see two subsequent links pop open. Uh, one's gonna be for the Monday daily or the uh, Monday through Friday daily defense broadcast. The other is for this broadcast right here, the Sunday Monster Cast. If you've missed uh, any of these two broadcasts before and you want to get caught up, well, we've got the podcast link right above there. Head over there and catch up on anything you may have missed. And if you are a big fan of the show and you want to sport some merch while you're out there, head on over to our shop (laughs) link. Pick up something nice. I love the uh, AAR beer mugs. They're my favorite. Anyways, uh, lastly, if you would like to join our live chat, well, head on over to your app store. Grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. I was thinking while
0: you were mentioning that, you don't want to watch it while you're driving, but if you look at some of the new cars now, particularly the Teslas, I guess you can watch it. They've got Netflix on those things now, I guess, um, while well, your car's driving. I could never no. relinquish control of an automobile like that while it's moving down. I could never do that. No, no. There's, I, there's rumors of people napping while they're driving and
3: letting the car take the
0: wheel. And, seen ugh. it on video. Forget it. Not, not this kid. Not going to happen. I'll okay, pass. guys. Yeah, I will do the same thing. Thanks for giving us that information, Greg. Appreciate it very much. And if you're watching or if you're listening, it makes no difference. Many, many, many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of you are, and we appreciate it very much. Let's go right now to crimeresearch.org founder. Dr. John Lott, longtime fan or friend, I should say, of the program. I'm a longtime fan of Dr. Lots. Dr. Lott, welcome in, my friend. Lots of things to cover with you here in a very short span of time. How are you?
4: Doing great. Thanks for having me out.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure. John, before I go to Michigan with you, which I want to cover your testimony and Nikki's testimony out there, AWR and I were talking about the FBI and gun seizure orders up. And I, I don't think I've spoken to anybody more about this than you, and you and I have had this discussion on the air many times about the conditional background checks, the waiting periods, etc., the, dupl- the duplication there. Maybe it's a name whatever it may be that might be the same, that causes someone to fail initially and then three days afterward get their gun. But FBI gun seizure orders have hit record level in recent years. USA Today originally reported it. AWR put it in context for us. And those numbers are, according to the information published by USA Today, over 6,300 gun seizure orders were issued in 2020 and 5,200 in 2021. John, for the sake of argument, I want to play a little here. Uh, I've always said, and and many of my guests over the years, that the FBI needs to start enforcing some of this. If they know they've got somebody that tried to buy a gun illegally, start arresting these people. So is it a bad thing that the FBI's doing that or that those numbers are up? What's your thoughts on that?
4: Well, I don't know uh, kind of the background for those numbers as well as I know for the uh, background checks, but it's quite plausible that they have the same errors they're not looking when they do the background check the problem is you fill out the 4473 you put down your name your address your birthday your race uh, your gender your eye color uh, your social security number uh, i'm missing something i'm sure but you put all that down you think they're using all that information what they're actually using in virtually all the cases is roughly phonetically similar names and similar birthdays. So, a similar birthday could be two people born in the same month uh, of the same year, or uh, they don't. Even, when they look at roughly phonetically similar names, Smith with a with an I or Smith with a Y and an E are the same, and they don't even include uh, middle initials when they're doing that. So, um, and the problem is is that people tend to have similar names to others in their racial groups. Uh, Hispanics tend to have names similar to other Hispanics. Blacks tend to have similar names to other blacks. About 34% of black males have felony records. Uh, About 18% of Hispanic males have felony records. It's like 6% for whites, 3% for Asians. And so what happens is you're more likely to get a lot of mistakes in involving both Hispanic males and black males simply because there's a higher probability that somebody in their group is going to have a similar high, uh, similar uh, name and uh, a felony background. And so, uh, you know, if they're relying on the same system, which I think they probably are to do to do gun seizures, you know, you're running into problems there with the uh, You know, you're going to have the same problems. Uh, I tried when I was at the Department of Justice to get the exact data on the error rates, but uh, the FBI uh, data staff fought us every inch of the way to go and get that information. And, uh, you know, uh, it was pretty clear that the error rate, uh for black males was probably something around three times their share of the population and for uh and for hispanic males something like over two percent or two times their share of the population and so you know you have a lot of people who are stopped from being able to go and buy guns through no fault of their own now they can go and appeal the, the the problem they're not told uh, that when the government discovers that there was a mistake, usually, uh, in the later stages for sure. And, uh, but most people are going to find that they're going to have to hire a lawyer to go and fix that. And you're talking about $3,000 or on up, uh, to do that. So you have a lot of people who are poor and middle class who are going to say, you know, it's just not worth it. I want to have right. a gun. So it's just not worth it uh, to go and spend that money just to fix this uh, error in the government system.
0: Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, what we just heard from John, as we were talking about in the previous hour, just to kind of tie this together for you, is that seizure could also be a result of a mistake that caused a conditional denial to begin with this is this is is a system that is fraught with problems here and i think john just laid it out for us john i appreciate that very much over at crimeresearch.org you have an article up some research that came out today how support for universal background checks depends on the questions asked we've got about a minute and a half take it away and then we'll move to michigan or finish this discussion then move to michigan in our next segment together go ahead
4: Sure. Well, you know, we keep on hearing that there are 95, 97 percent of Americans support universal background checks. We see high percentages for red flag laws, and we've done that, too, in the past. The problem is when you have like a 30 page bill and they go and they boil it down to one sentence because they're not going to be able to go and read you a 30 page bill. Or most people aren't even going to understand a lot of the legalese, if, even if they did. Uh the surveys, it turns out, can be extremely misleading. So, as I say, you constantly hear from the fact checkers that 90%. We we hired McLaughlin Associates to do the survey, and if you just ask people, do you support or oppose requiring background checks on all gun sales and transfers? We got like 86% support it, 11% uh, uh, oppose. But then, if you say something like. Let's let's say a stalker is threatening a female friend of yours late on a Saturday night. She asks if she can borrow a gu- your gun, handgun, until she has a chance to buy one. She is trained and has no criminal record. If you loan her a gun, uh, you would be a felon. Uh, you know, does that change your opinion of the law? And And it goes from this huge support to 44 opposed and 42 percent supporting it. We asked another question. A Boy Scout troop is going for this annual skeet shooting merit badges. If you lend the Scoutmasters your shotguns, you would be committing a felony. Would you support or oppose this law? And it's 45 percent opposed, 42 percent support. So it just, just shows you how sensitive uh, these right. surveys are to how they're set up. And it, can, it means that... Uh, the surveys that are used all the time in the media are very misleading, I think, and uh, not very useful uh, in, in getting a real measure of whether people support these laws or not.
0: All right, John, let me, st- let, me, let me stop you right there because we're getting ready to take a break. It's a perfect place to end. We'll come back let you finish that after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, John went right where I was going to go to close out the segment, and that is those people that are getting all of their information from the mainstream media never hear what you just heard. From Dr. Lott. Make sure to check out crimeresearch.org. Join us over there, crimeresearch.org. We'll be back with Dr. Lott. One more segment, don't go away. The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yes, welcome back inside the Car Firearms Group Studios. I am Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today on the Sig Sauer, very powerful Sig Sauer microphone on hundreds of radio stations around the nation, brought to you every day, every minute. Every hour of this show, six days a week, by X Insurance. Please go out of your way. Visit armedamericanradio.com. Click on our sponsors there and support them. They make this conversation possible now. April 26 marks our 14th anniversary on the airwaves. We have never missed a Sunday broadcast for you. Never. Not one Time. And of course, April twenty seventh means we're in our fifteenth year on the nation's airwaves, a decade and a half, and we do it because of our partners and because of your support for them and vice versa. So make that jump, visit them, all of them, at armedamericanradio.com and armedamericannews.com. Let's go back to Dr. John Lott from crimeresearch.org, one of those longtime partners of Armed American Radio. You can visit crimeresearch.org and support Dr. Lott and the efforts that he puts in in the conversations reflected in these conversations that you hear on this program on a fairly regular basis. John, welcome back. I want to point out when I was closing out that segment that we all know, as you just pointed out eloquently, that the FBI, that there's mistakes on here. Mm. AWR, the troubling part here is on a conditional denial, the law gives them three days, and if that gun is transferred after three days lawfully, it appears that the FBI is going beyond that and then going to seize guns based on what they find after that lawful three-day period, I can assume that I can decide that if they're making mistakes, as you just talked about in the previous segment, that there are also likely mistakes when they seize firearms. Look, they have an image problem at the FBI and the ATF right now, and they're turning the seizures over at the FBI to the ATF to make these seizures. People don't trust these organizations from the top down right now. None of this looks good, John.
4: Oh, I agree. I mean, I can't. I mean i've talked to gun control advocates for decades about fixing these errors um and uh you know they will fight you against fixing any of these errors the, the best explanation i can get from them is that well you have to have a very broad net uh to make sure that people who you don't want to get guns uh, uh obtain them uh but you know my response is look um, if private companies had an error rate that was 100 the error rate that the federal government has, they'd be sued yeah. out of existence under federal law. Uh, presumably, uh, private companies also want a broad net to make sure that they're not hiring a, a murderer or a serial rapist or somebody like that uh, in their company. Uh, but, you know, the gun control people would never put up with uh, private companies making the same type of broad brush, you know, roughly phonetically similar names. If, if you were to go to an employer and just suggest that they go and look at roughly phonetically similar names, people would think that you're crazy for doing that yeah. uh, and similar birthdays. It just uh, <clears throat> so because they know that there'd be mistakes and they know that minorities would o- overwhelmingly be discriminated against in terms of those mistakes. Uh, And yet, you know, they have no problem with these mistakes. And it prevents law-abiding good people from being able to go and have guns to protect themselves and their families. And, uh, you know, through no mistakes of their own. Yeah, which, by the way,
0: ladies and gentlemen, is the vast majority of gun owners are good decent, hardworking, taxpaying, law-abiding Americans. It doesn't matter from what demographic you come from. We've seen that borne out over the years. John, let's shift over to Michigan. This is an uphill battle in Michigan, precisely because Governor Whitmer, on, upon her reelection, made gun control Prior to the recent shooting at Michigan State University, her top priority as far as legislative agenda is concerned. She mentioned it in her speech when she uh, when she won the election and was sworn in. Then you had the Michigan State University shooting. Now you've got every gun control advocate on earth descending on Michigan. The pressure is real in Michigan. It appears they're going to move on these bills. You and Nikki both testified before the Michigan State Senate Judiciary Committee on these proposed gun control laws. How did that work out? What are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? Tell us what went down with the five minutes that we have left.
4: All right. Well, on Thursday, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, and Public Safety Committee uh, devoted two and a half hours to testimony. Uh, The first two hours were all proponents for this whole series of bills that they have. I guess they had like 10 that were being heard there. Um, and then uh, Nikki and I went, and then they finished up with uh, more proponents for the bill. Uh, Nikki and I were the only two people who testified it, against it. Unreal. And, uh, and <clears throat> the bizarre thing was uh, they let the earlier people just go on and on, uh, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, in at least one case, uh, 13 minutes in another case. And then uh, when Nikki and I got up there, uh, the comment was, well, we really hope uh, people from now on will stick to the two or three minute limit that we wanted to have. And Nikki just shut them down. Uh, She said, look, you know, I hope in fairness, you'll give us as much time to talk as you gave, uh, you know, the people that were supporting these bills. But. Nikki's point, so like for the first two hours, it was just one horror story after another about something bad that happened with a gun. And Nikki, when she testified, said, look, uh, she went through a story that you've talked to her about many times about a horror that occurred because of gun laws that prevented somebody from being able to go and protect themselves. And I think it was very powerful. I think it had had an impact. Um, and then I basically went through and said, look, you're not doing any real cost-benefit analysis on this. There's no comparison of the costs and benefits. And I tried to go through. So, like, they're pushing red flag laws, and they would say things like, um, if you compare uh, people committing suicide with all other methods, uh, the lethality rate for uh, using a gun is much higher. So we've got to take away people's guns. And my point was, look. You don't want to lump everything else together. There's certain methods out there which are just as lethal. Hanging, taking cyanide, walking in front of a train or a a bus, uh, jumping from a height. Those have lethality rates which are the same. And the notion with red flag laws is that all they do is take away a person's gun. If you really, like 99% of these cases are for suicides. If you really think somebody is suicidal, Is it really serious just to take away a person's guns? If you really think the person can harm other people, is it really serious only to take away the legally owned guns that the person has? That there aren't other ways to do it? And the point Nikki and I both tried to get across was that, look, you already have involuntary commitment laws uh, in all the states, and they provide you many more options as well as protections. Uh, Nikki, in her testimony, said, look, Uh, You know, you could have a well-meaning person who would say she just witnessed uh, her husband being murdered in front of her. uh, And uh, you could imagine, uh, you know, the stalker just murdered her husband. uh, What trauma it would be to take away her ability to go and defend herself? Well, if you have involuntary commitment, you're taken in, see a mental health care professional. She could explain the situation to them. You have a hearing. She could explain Ah. it to the judge.
0: John, we're getting ready to call it quits on this segment. My quick question for you, real quick. Did what you and Nikki said sink in? Ten seconds.
4: Well, they just have to pick up one vote in the Senate. The Democrats have one vote majority, and I don't know, but it's probably not.
0: Uh, All right, John, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, crimeresearch.org. Support John. We'll go back to this when we come back. Kevin Starrett next. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Ah, yeah, welcome back. Car Firearms Group Studios lit up for you. Six-hour mic on fire on hundreds of radio stations around the nation. X-Insurance is presenting all of this to you. If you're watching the broadcast in high definition, we appreciate that very much. You can thank Daniel Defense and Led Slingers for that. Please go out of your way to support all of our partners. Have you picked up anything from Fort Worth Armory? com fort worth com. Greg, in Dallas you ran into Fort Worth armory this weekend at a gun show did you not I uh, sure did yeah I just got there to, you go. got to stop and talk to them for a minute great people that support the program support them fort worth armory.com heavensharvest.com pick up some of that emergency food that's the uh, entree kit is what i am I've got a number of them Hundred eighty three bucks. Use the promo code AAR and guess what happens? Forty six bucks gets shaved right off the top for you if you support Armed American Radio simply by using the promo code. If you don't have any of that, I promise you, you'll sleep better. It's one of those things that you just don't think about until you have it, and then you think, man, wow, I, I'm sleeping a little bit better. I know I have something here in the event that I need it. You should have that anyway. Hell, even Obama's FEMA told you that. For whatever reason, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to be the big time prepper that you see the goofballs on TV. Just have some food have some stash, have some guns, have some ammo. Just be prepared. You never know. HeavensHarvest.com has you covered. And, of course, you just listened to a half hour with Dr. John Locke, CrimeResearch.org. We never have enough time with John. Greg and I were talking during the break. We could easily do a three-hour show with John, and we got to thinking about that, so stay tuned. We may very well do that. He has so much information to tell us. Now, let's go to Portland, Oregon, or let's go to Oregon, not just Portland. Every time I think of Oregon and the problems out there. I think of what's going on in Portland. But Kevin Sterrett is an individual running Oregon Firearms Federation. That Michigan, we were just talking about with John. He just testified in Michigan. The gun grabbers are all over themselves, falling all over, descending on Michigan. Oregon is the same way. Kevin's been here before. We're going to get an update from him. And what prompted me, Kevin, thanks for being here today, to reach out to you when I did earlier this morning was a comment from I guess her name is, uh, well, I guess it was Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum, and it might have been Tina Kotek, the governor. Here's, here's the statement. We have too many guns out on the streets. You can be lawful and buy a gun, and then you can stick it in your car, and someone steals your car and takes your gun. We have to change behavior. This is not about saying you can't. It's about do it better, folks. Do it better. Do it better. Keep us all safe. How about going after the scumbag that stole the car in the first place?
5: <laughs> I mean,
2: it's, it's legal. Is, it's legal to steal cars in uh, Oregon now. In Portland, I, you I cannot be it. arrested. You cannot be arrested for stealing a car in Portland. Oh, you can't uh, be you're arrested not, for. are not joking. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh. You can't be arrested. I mean, the the previous governor who just left left just turned thousands of prisoners free. Now they have a bill to give a thousand dollars a month to every homeless person to spend on anything they want: fentanyl, alcohol, cigarettes, not housing. <clears throat> their phone bills, we now, we're now we going to allow felons to vote from prison, 16-year-olds to vote from their homes. Of course, they're going to make it illegal for 18 to 21-year-olds to buy guns, which they pretty much have anyway, because the state police won't even initiate a background check if you're under 21.
0: Uh, first off, let me say this I, I did not realize, I thought you were kidding about that i'm not kidding <laughs> the, I, look that's been a sticker with me for a long time I, I've often used the you know the analogy that if you, for example, pull up to a seven eleven or a convenience store, whatever it is, maybe it 's a wawa or a hop in whatever pick, pick your your, your stop and rob, your local stop and rob, whatever it is. i don't care if you leave your car running it's illegal to steal the car. It's not your fault someone stole the vehicle. There's no lesser of a crime, I guess, unless you're in Portland, Oregon now, that says, well, it's not grand theft because the car door was unlocked and the keys were in it. So the owner of the car bears some responsibility. No, the criminal bears 100% of the responsibility. And that statement that I just read, you can be lawful and buy a gun, and then you stick it in your car and someone's, this is the mindset of the anti-gunners that everything is a gun owner's fault. And hey, I, look, I just, Mark, I,
2: it's, it's already illegal to leave a gun in your car in Oregon, and now a Republican right. wants to make it illegal for you to ha- unholster the gun and have it in your car. If you're in the car, <laughs> they want to make it know. illegal for a woman to have a – this is a former Republican, now he's an independent <laughs> Green Beret colonel who wants to make it illegal to unholster your firearm.
0: Uh, I can't help it. I hear you chuckling in the background. It's like you and I were sitting here having this conversation and it, face to face. I'm laughing as we're talking about this because this stuff is laughable, ladies and gentlemen. And you really did throw me for a loop. I thought you were kidding about that. It's, it's not legal to steal a car in Portland. They're not even arresting you. All right. So I, I guess like Michigan, correct me if I'm wrong, the gun grabbers are all over themselves. They're descending on Oregon like crazy. Give us updates on 114, the ballot initiative. Give us updates on the court cases. You've been quoted in some of these pieces. What's happening out there? Oregon, you're listening on a number of radio stations. What's going on, Kevin?
2: All right. So two simultaneous cases are moving. One is in state court. One is in the federal court to, to block measure 114, which essentially ends firearm sales in the state. In the state court. The, the judge put a, restri- a hold on the measure, and so it is on hold until there's a, a full trial on the merits. And the federal court, the federal judge, completely ignoring the Supreme Court and the Bruin decision, refused to do that. So the state injunction is holding. She refused to put an injunction on it, and now our case, which is a federal one, is due to be heard in June. The state case is due to be heard in September. Now my expectation is that the federal judge will, will rule against us, period. She will have right. paid no attention to the Supreme Court decision. The, the Harney County judge, which is the state judge, will probably rule in our favor. That will be immediately appealed to the appeals court, on which sits one judge, Jim Egan, who said that gun owners are racist, anti-Semit, white, anti-Semitic white supremacists, that the entire county of Columbia County, 1,900 counties in this country that have Second Amendment sanctuaries, our lawyer and our organization are racist, white supremacist anti-semites for defending gun rights he is on the appeals court of the state of oregon which will hear the state case when the state immediately appeals it if we win which i think we will on that level so oregon is in serious trouble for gun rights and as it is now the state police which conduct the background checks here we don't go directly to the feds we go through the state police and we get to pay for it there are like, there have been 45, 75, 35,000 people waiting to get these background checks completed, and now they will not even initiate a background check for anyone under 21. If you're under 21, they just you just get hung up on. Okay,
0: well, that begs a lot of questions. Um, you, the time frame that you're talking about, one case in June, one in September, then, of course, it's got to go through trial. Then a decision has to be rendered. Then the appellate process has to occur. Right now, there's currently a stay on 114. Thank God from the state judge in Harney County. God bless that judge, by the way. Thank you, judge, if you're listening. What kind of time frame are we looking at here before all of this either works in our favor or just falls apart? Are we looking at late next year, two years out? How, what kind of time frame are we looking at? Gun owners in Oregon, you need to know this stuff.
2: I think the federal case will drag on for a long time. It took five years for Bruin to get to the Supreme Court in New York. The Antonio case was a lot faster, and and things are happening in the Ninth Circuit that could speed this up. Of course, the danger now is that the Libs are going after Benitez, the judge in California who would probably rule correctly in, in the Ninth Circuit. So they're doing everything they can to destroy him. Our case, the judge in our case will almost certainly find against the gun rights, which means it got to go to the Ninth Circuit. And now these attacks on Benitez have thrown a huge monkey wrench into it. So who knows? Because we were expecting some good decisions from him, which could have influenced the judge in our case. In the state case, like I said, he's not going to have his trial until September. If he has it and rules in favor of gun rights, that will be appealed immediately. And then when it gets to the appeals court, well, we don't know. I mean, the, we, as I said, we, we do have a judge sitting on the appeals court who is truly unhinged. We have quotes from him on our website mm-hmm. that would curl your hair. But the legislature, remember, this ballot measure, which passed, was statutory. And so the legislature can change it. And they very yeah. well might.
0: All right, when we come back from this break, we're going to continue the conversation. I'll give you a take on what I think is going to happen at the, at the, uh, at the federal level and when it gets up to the Ninth Circuit. It's not hard to figure out one more segment left with Kevin Starr at Oregon. I hope you're paying attention to this. Your, your rights are on the line. We'll be right back. You mm-hmm.
5: As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers.
0: Hey, this final segment of Armed American Radio is being sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters. Make sure to visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. Now let's get back to me. Yeah, welcome back inside the Car Firearms Group studio. Six Hour Mike on fire for you. X-Insurance presenting all of it. I have two firearms sitting within reach of me right now, both of them resting in crossbreed holsters. Make sure to check out crossbreedholsters.com. They've got something for everything, everybody at Crossbreed Holsters. Crossbreedholsters dot com. Long time. I think the longest supporting partner at Armed American Radio over all of these many years. Support them. Crossbreedholsters.com. Back to Kevin Starr, Oregon Firearms Federation. Kevin, what I think is gonna happen here when you get to the federal court, you're you're gonna be looking at a obviously an appeal regardless of which way it goes to the Ninth Circus. You're going to get a three-judge panel on the Ninth Circus, and regardless of which way it goes, it's going to seek an en banc panel hearing, which is going to take some time, as you pointed out. Now, it's possible with the makeup of the Ninth Circus that you could get a favorable three-judge panel on a draw. Who knows? But either way, it's likely going to go through that process. You're probably a couple years out on that. Is that a stay of execution?
2: Essentially? Well, um, it depends on what happens with with the state. So um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll stay. be. I mean, if, if, if the local, if the federal judge here in Oregon says it's okay to go forward, and the state case gets shot down, then the measure goes into effect. For right. all intents and purposes, there are so many people who are being denied their rights now, the measure might as well be in effect. Distributors will no longer send magazines into Oregon, even, even low-capacity magazines, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they don't understand that the measure is not in effect, or they're just afraid of what might happen. So people cannot order magazines in the state. A lot of people can't get guns because they've been waiting for months or sometimes years to have their background checks completed. Some get through, some don't. 18 to 21 year olds can't buy guns at all. And so the measure hasn't taken effect legally, but may as well have in practical terms.
0: All right. So real quick, before I go to my next question, tell people where they can join. And I say us because I'm a member of OFF as well. Where can people join us at Oregon Firearms Federation and support you financially because it's not expensive to do? Listeners, what you're hearing here requires your assistance. That's what we do as gun owners fighting for our right to keep and bear arms against these lunatics on the fringe left that hate you. None of this will stop crime in Oregon, by the way. I can promise you that. Not one bit of it. It's only impacting you, and that's by design. Where can people join us, Kevin?
2: Uh, OregonFirearms.org. There's a link to support us. Our foundation, the Oregon Firearms Educational Foundation, is paying the legal bills on this fight. And as you can imagine, they're stacking up. They're enormous. We expect this is going to be going on for quite some time. But it just has to be done. I mean, we have a democratically controlled legislature that's doing everything they can to ram this down everyone's throats. There is no longer, you know, we cannot avoid the judicial battle. You know, I prefer to stay out of court because there 's nothing you could do to judges when they stick it to you, but the thing passed, and this is what we have to do it 's unconstitutional. We know that we just have to get in front of some sensible judges who will obey the Supreme Court, which they seem determined to ignore yeah
0: that 's uh, I mean, it 's wishful thinking as much as I hate to tell you that in Oregon it really truly is wishful thinking we 're hopeful that you know one thing that could save Oregon here would be. A a Supreme Court case that puts a stop to this nonsense across the country, that ends this and stops this in its track. But again, you're talking years out, years out. If, if we just look at you know the length of time to get to Bruin, you know since McDonald, it, it's just it's it's a mess in Oregon. Now here, this is kind of a fun conversation because there is a real process underway called the Greater Idaho Movement. What do we got? 19 Eastern Oregon counties wanting to say, that's it. I'm done with you. And you've got a lot of interest in Idaho. The Idaho legislature is involved now.
2: Is it, how bad is it out there? Clearly, It's comical. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's absolutely comical. We say we want felons to vote. We are going to give a thousand dollars of your taxpayer money to any not only homeless people, but anyone who could become homeless with no holes on what they do with the money at all. Our streets are covered with tents and human waste and needles because drugs are every drug is legal here, and every day they come up with a new crackpot way to make sure that these people stay on the street stay drug addicted, stay, remain serfs of the state, but somehow get to vote. And it, it's absolutely pathetic what, what's being done to these people are being and not only enabled, but encouraged to stay on drugs, to stay hopeless, to stay living in their own filth, because the goal of the Democrats in this state and nationwide is to just watch society collapse. It's terrifying. It's disgraceful. And it's very hard to get through to the elected Republicans, the magnitude of what's going on. This is not a political problem anymore. This is open warfare on common sense and dignity. And now we have socialized medicine in the state, which means that anybody can come here from any place and demand any kind of medical procedure they want. You can imagine what those will be. Someone has to provide it. And the taxpayers, if there's any left, will all have to pay for it.
0: What is going to have to happen? Because this is not sustainable. It is not sustainable. It is going to collapse on itself. Decent people are going to get crushed in the process. And I mean lives lost, livelihoods lost. At what, at what point do we turn here? Because we're going to have to turn. This is not sustainable. I don't know how long, I I can't predict how long it's going to take, but you're going to begin losing people like crazy in that state. You've already got 19 counties seriously saying, the hell with you, I'm done with this. How bad has this got to get before that happens? And what do you think the end result eventually is?
2: Well, look, we've stay? been we, we've been losing people like crazy for a long time. People are either leaving or want to leave, and if they and if they're not leaving, it's because for some reason they can't leave. I look at places like California, where year after year it gets more and more demented, and they keep reelecting the same crazy people, and that's what we've done here too. And I see that you know Democrats are moving out of Portland. And, and moving into other cities nearby and bringing those same crackpot policies because they don't want to live in the filth, but they also don't want to change the policies because those policies are mean. And, you know, asking someone to be responsible for their behavior is white supremacist and asking someone to understand math and English as white supremacist. So I do not see a sudden turnaround in the state where people say we are tired of living with this madness because the bulk of the population, frankly, just is not rational here. If you live in rural Oregon, you are screwed because the, the people who live in Portland, who control the state, want mm-hmm. to ban your truck. They want to make it illegal for you to have farm equipment, but somehow they want to keep eating. They have no clue what goes on in any other part of the state and, frankly, view anybody who does not live in Portland or Eugene as a knuckle-dragging, ignorant hillbilly who needs to be crushed. And it's, it's oh. terrifying and disgraceful.
0: When you want to hear about terrifying, ladies and gentlemen, all you've got to do is go to Portland. I mean, I've been to Portland many times. Oregon's one of the most beautiful places in America, and it's literally being destroyed. It's literally being destroyed. It is not sustainable. I, I'll tell you what I fear violence and revolt at some point in time it's it, it it's almost as if they're just pushing us to that end game it is inevitable that this collapses on itself in oregon it is not sustainable uh you you got to you got to wonder what's going through people's minds you really do a, a lifetime of brainwashing by leftists i guess has led to this and the results are palpable we see it Kevin thank you for being here man and updating us out there I I hope you'll come back in the next couple weeks because this this situation is changing relatively relatively quickly out there and the anti-gunners are out there in full force in your state we want to keep continuing to give you a huge voice off.org off.org Oregon Firearms Federation Google them look them up Kevin thank you for being here brother we appreciate it thank you Mark always a pleasure boy Greg it's nuts out there man (laughs) absolutely nuts you you gotta shake your head and wonder is this real did we really just have that conversation ladies and gentlemen we did just have that conversation it is real this is what they want for you across the country this is their utopia fortunately I don't think enough Americans want to live in that filth utopia Portland I feel for you Eugene I feel for you the entire beautiful state all of you in eastern oregon wow incredible well we're going to continue to give you a voice on the airwaves six minutes after the round table don't go away we'll be back
1: you've just filled your prescription for freedom with mark walters presented by x insurance
6: x insurance
1: on the armed american radio network
6: It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday night special. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012